All right, guys. So I'm sitting here with one of my good buddies, uh, longtime buddies, who's got a pretty nice rap sheet uh, underneath his belt for only being, what, 24, 25? Uh, yeah. So my buddy, Sean Moran, he's a sports writer for a few different high schools and a JUCO out in Texas. He's worked on uh, ESPN and the television production, like literally filming game side uh, for various games. And then you've also uh, been a cameraman for the Pac-12 network. That's pretty a, a pretty nice extensive uh, rap sheet you got there, my man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been I've been lucky to do it. Definitely. It's been in quite an experience. That's for sure. I, I bet you got a lot of stories and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I've been. uh I've been doing it now for like uh, I guess three or four years, so got quite a few stories to tell. Definitely. Yeah. So you're located right now in Fort Worth, Texas, correct? Uh, actually, Midland, Texas. I live uh, a little bit more west than that. Okay. Okay. I, I didn't do my homework like I was supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's fine. Everyone gets confused. Texas is a big state. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. I got a uncle, yeah. I got an uncle that lives in Dallas. That's pretty much all I know. So. <laughs> Yeah, all the high schools are about 30 minutes at least away from each other. So I do a lot of traveling. Oh, Jesus. All right. So let's go ahead and get get to the get to the basics. I won't beat around the bush too much. So um, I knew you from high school. We've I mean, we've went to school together, you know, all through growing up and, you know, we've played sports together and stuff. So uh, what sports did you play growing up? I played hockey and football organized and I played, uh, I heard your, uh, little conversation with Darius. So that was a little throwback to the GAA days. So, but I, I think I scored six points the whole season. So (laughs) I, I kind of leave that out of the sports I used to play. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you didn't play anything else besides football and hockey? Um, no, I've, uh, through discus for oh, that's a, right. year, yep. in a year in high school. Yeah. I wasn't very good at that either. So I always <laughs> kind of try to exclude it. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It was, uh, I tried to play like every sport. There was only a few that I never really gave a chance to, I guess, uh, baseball and soccer. I never really played, but I mean, every other sport I was, uh, I played quite a bit at. I, tried to get out on the golf course every so often with my brother-in-law so yeah are you still playing golf now uh actually no because i don't have any golf clubs out here because i i moved a few months ago uh, that's right out here so it's just uh been quite a experience trying to just get everything situated here makes sense makes sense so um back to sports so like you know what what got you involved in sports growing up I guess definitely my dad. Um, I was just, uh, he was a big uh, football player. He played semi-pro football back in the 70s. Yeah, back in the 70s. So he's a pretty hard-nosed guy. He was, uh, he's an old school type of of coach. He was the, uh, you got to rip his head off, Sean, (laughs) coach. And he was, he was like open to say it in front of like the other 10-year-old parents too. So. (laughs) Uh, he wants you so, kids eyes out at 10 years old <laughs> not quite that but he was <laughs> anything within the rules of the game it was basically it was fair game but yeah he i just uh so i started uh watching football just when i was real young i remember the first time i even uh turned on a game uh dante hall the chief's kick returner he was mm-hmm. the old uh 
like Devin Hester before Devin Hester, and he uh, he was uh, in the process of returning a kick for a touchdown. And ever since that moment, I was just completely in love with the game of football. And uh, I played hockey. I started playing hockey when I was like five years old, just because my older brother played. Yeah. And um, I played that for quite a while. Um, I know you. Uh, we played together and against each other and uh, in roller hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and those are those are some fun days. Um, SGAA. Yeah, SGAA. Um, yeah, I like playing goalie a lot. I know. Uh, I played. Uh, that's what I started to play after. In, uh, oh, that is right. Yeah, because yeah, I remember you skating out, but then I do remember now that you say that I do remember transitioning over to goalie. That was the thing. I was uh, I was so uh, slow because. I had quit uh, hockey for quite a while just to focus on football. I was just football only, which was kind of dumb. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> looking back on it, like, now, like, I had plenty of time. Like, I don't know yeah. why, why I was just limiting myself to one sport. But then uh, I got just uh, – I guess that's, like, a completely separate question. But um, I guess just what got me into sports is just basically, like – all of that, and then just yeah. So let me ask you this, because so I played football for literally one year when I was in like elementary school. Uh, like my dad, you know, he just kind of wanted me to get a feel for everything. I, I played like baseball, you know, hockey, like um, and football, all kind of at the same time. And mm-hmm. I really wasn't a huge fan of actually going out and playing football, but uh, I don't want to say I was forced, but you know, I was just like you know, screw it, I'll just go ahead and, like, try it for a season. That's what he said. Just go play one season. That's fine. And so you get out there, and, I, you know, at such a, such a young age, I never realized, but all you really notice in a football game are, like, you know, the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, the running backs, the, you know, the punt returners, and like, positions like that. You don't really, like, uh, you know, recognize the linemen that play a vital, you know, part of the game. And so when I got out there to tryouts, I ended up playing left guard. And I wasn't a big kid by any means at that point. I mean, I eventually I got chunky, but, um, you know, I, I, at that time when I was playing left guard, I wasn't the size to be playing a left guard. And uh, I absolutely hated it. Did you, like, ha- I guess have, like, knowledge of other positions besides the main ones that you, I guess, you know, at a young age notice on TV? Cause I never did. I I mean honestly, yeah, <laughs> Dude, I, I was I was obsessed with football. So like, uh, I remember a thing we used to do in uh, in school, in like elementary school and middle school. What uh, my friends would do, um, like Nick McClanahan and all them, uh, just uh, Blake Woods, all these kind of guys, mm-hmm. like guys from the football from the football team and everything, would just kind of have this game where they would just ask me like. Sean, who's the second string right tackle on the Texans? And I would just be, I would just be able to like snap off and just like say it. You're like, kidding. I, I would know it. And it was just like, yeah. And I had like no right to know that. Like, I was just like, <laughs> literally, <laughs> I was, I was so young and I was, but I was just so obsessed with it. I remember I used to like, just like write write it down like I would write down the guys on each team and just like try to memorize it it's actually so, like, kind I, of incredible yeah and so like just know all of the guys that were in the NFL and I mean like I have a lot of names in my brain that like 
a lot of people have no idea like who these guys are. They played on the practice squad for like a season. Yeah, and I, I would be one of those guys that wouldn't have a clue. I mean, I kind of did the same thing for hockey players, but mm-hmm. it definitely not for football. I just, I mean, I I loved watching football, but I never got into it with knowing, you know, positions and people that play those positions, even you know, on first line, let alone second line or practice squad. <laughs> oh, for sure. But that's, yeah. that's, I mean, it seems like you really had like a knack for it. You know what I mean? It, like, uh, uh, it's, it's actually very incredible that you were able to, you know, recite things like that. Well, thank you. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and fast forward a few years. Um, so senior year, I, I remember, so we both went to, uh, Grayson tech together and then we had that lunch period in between going from Grayson to Archer. And I remember, you know, everyone's talking about, you know, what, colleges are applying for and which ones they really think they're going to go to and I remember you saying Arizona State University and I was, and I just kind of thought like what why would you move halfway across the U.S. but what, what was so appealing about Arizona? I mean honestly I wanted to go somewhere different I uh I was originally from Connecticut and okay. I moved I moved down uh to Georgia when I was real young, but I just like, I just wanted a new experience. I, uh, I felt like everyone I was talking to was going to like UGA or like GGC or, uh, Georgia state or like, Southern. Uh, yeah, Georgia Southern or Kennesaw. And I just was thinking like, I mean, I have these good grades. Why not like try to go somewhere else? Like try to go, uh, just somewhere different and then I just started researching places and uh, I just thought Arizona State would be an awesome place to go. I just kind of fell in love with the pictures online, you know, and then you go there and you see how it is. And it's just like the most incredible place ever, like Tempe, Arizona. So I just immediately like when I went on the visit with my parents, I was just like, this is where I want to go. And then I just uh luckily got some like scholarships and like oh, really? some money yeah so some money so i'd got to that's awesome just, like so i just got to be able to do that so yeah props, was, props to you for getting scholarships because I, I couldn't imagine you know going to school out of state and then you know it, it will go without any scholarship money so props to you but it, i mean that really goes to show that you you know you had the grades to to back up everything that's awesome i've, I've heard nothing but good things about um Arizona like I'm I I didn't know that you had uh interviewed Milhoff before who I've had on the podcast which is pretty awesome uh Mm -hmm. really like we've said before you know really small world that that happened but yeah same thing with him he said it's just a really incredible place Mm -hmm. so so you pretty much just fell in love as soon as you visited the first time yeah definitely that's awesome and, and uh with Ryan it was like as soon as I found out he was transferring from Oklahoma, I think it was like the same day I, uh, I saw him post on Instagram, like, uh, something about the sun devils. I think it was, and I just messaged him immediately and was like, Hey man, like I'm a, like I'm a sports journalism student at ASU. So, uh, I'd love to do a story on you for like your, just kind of your transfer story. Like you coming into ASU, like, why did you leave Oklahoma? All those kind of things. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think I believe uh, it was my first uh, story that I ever had published, and it was in the 
Gwinnett uh, Daily Post in the sports section. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah. I, I didn't know that. That was your first ever, like, you know, uh, published in Gwinnett Daily Post. Gwinnett, I mean, well, I guess we're, what Gwinnett's grown to today, that's actually, like, that's that's major. Even back in the yeah. day. Yeah, it was it was really just, like, trying to network things. Like, I literally, I just emailed uh, Will Hammock. He's the... <clears throat> Sports editor, oh my god, voice cracking. I <laughs> uh, had to cough. Uh, a well hammock, he's the sports uh, editor over at Gwinnett Daily. And he, uh, I just said, like, hey man, I'm like, I know this is kind of like different, but I'm out in Arizona and I know uh, Ryan Milhoff, multiple time state champion, is, uh, you know, he's from Collins Hill and He's an All-American. He's transferring from Oklahoma to ASU. Like, I could write a story on him if you want. Yeah. And it was just, like, basically reaching out to see if you want. It was something that he wanted. And uh, he ended up being like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it sounds and, like he ate it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I just got to do that. And one of the things at uh, the Cronkite School, which is at ASU, it's the journalism school, you have to do – like to in order to graduate is you have to have like a certain amount of stories published in actual newspapers or any publication like that. So I, I just remember like I was kind of in like a rut. Like I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could get any story oh, yeah. published. I felt like I was like all these other kids in my class. I felt were getting some something done, and I was kind of falling behind. And then once I got that one, it was like. I just started ringing them all. Yeah, that's I, what I say. that I sounds like, like a good foundation. Yeah, it gave me a completely new confidence for that. And, like, I got to thank Ryan for that one, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was a great interview. And, yeah, he, yeah, he just, like uh, like we said earlier, he's just, he talks about he's just an easy guy to talk to. And he answers the question very well. Like, he's the kind of guy, like, you ask him a question and he'll pick up the the recorder and like just start talking into it for a few minutes. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so it, uh, yeah, that was definitely a cool experience and that's what kind of just kickstarted me into, into writing. Well, so, so what, I guess before that, what, what made you want to get into uh, sports journalism? Cause that was your major, correct? Yeah. yeah. My major was sports journalism. So yeah. how did you get into sports, sports journalism? I was just, uh, I had a subscription to Sports Illustrated mm. since I since I was about like nine years old, and I used to they used to come every week. They I think they come now uh, like every two weeks, if that. Like yeah, it's kind of limited. I was now, gonna say monthly. To, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They uh, they definitely cut it way down now. Uh, I hate it, but I mean, like I understand it absolutely. That's more online now and everything. Yeah, but. Uh, um, just doing that. And I used to read every like issue from just cover to cover, like every single week. And it was just, I just really, that's what like, I liked reading. That's the kind of, uh, uh, just the kind of stories that I liked to read. So, and then I, the more I thought about it, it was just like, well, I could, I feel like I could do this. I feel like I know enough about sports that I could like fill in the lines, but I realized then it's so much harder than that. But yeah, it's, it's a learning process. It's, 
yeah absolutely just like anything is yeah and uh but that just really got me into it that that uh just subscription to sports illustrated and i just used to read uh and i still do i'm uh, as you might remember, I'm like a diehard Boston sports fan. Yep, so yep. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Patriots guy through and through. And uh, their ESPN reporter, uh, his name is Mike Reese, and he's just an absolute legend in uh, the business. And I used to read every single, I still do, every single uh, <laughs> post he puts out. So it's just like, it just kind of like refreshes, uh, like, refreshes my brain gives me new ideas of what to write about and things yeah, like yeah. R- reading these other guys because sports journalism like sports reporting it's a super competitive business like everyone kind of wants to like beat out the other guy for everything and like uh have the story out first and stuff like that yeah but at the same time like you learn so much from the other guys that it's just uh like it's just kind of pointless to act like that, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've always found. Yeah, instead of treating like a dog, eat dog world, you know, try to use each other. Exactly. Yeah, that's definitely a, a smart way to, like, twist it or think about it that way. So, at ASU, did you cover, like, all sports? I know um, I looked kind of at your, like, archive, and, it, I mean, it seems like you covered everything from baseball, volleyball, track, field even NASCAR hockey. I mean, you've covered like everything, but, uh, I mean, so at, at, I guess specifically ASU, did you cover like, you know, a handful of sports or were you, you know, across the board? Yeah. Here's where the story will get a little long. I was, I definitely covered every sport. I, uh, I worked for, it's this, kind of internship program but it's uh something another thing from Cronkite you have to do in order to graduate and it's called uh the Cronkite Sports Bureau and um we would just uh we would post stories to our own website and also try to get them posted on like uh just Arizona sports kind of websites around the state and I uh I got to cover spring training for uh the Kansas City Royals mm. so I was uh and that one was actually a like partnership that I was chosen to uh cover them and it was a partnership with the Kansas City Star which is the big newspaper in Kansas City yeah uh and they would publish all of my stories that I would write so and, did you travel to Kansas or what was no, your spring training in uh, Arizona yeah, spring training is in Arizona. Uh, it's okay. in Florida and Arizona. That's where our, all of the teams have their okay. spring training. They all have like a bunch of facilities, and it's uh, it was this city called Surprise, Arizona. It's out west uh, <laughs> of Phoenix, and it was it was quite a it was a cool thing. It was I would have to get up super early every day and go like out there to the facility, mm-hmm. but I got to like go into the the clubhouse like you know the locker room and everything yeah and and just see how like a professional team did things and everything and it was pretty eye-opening it was pretty awesome just to be around because the royals at that time had won the world series just two years before that yeah so a bunch of guys that were on that world series team you know that i watched win the world series were in the locker room and i was able to talk to them and like they didn't like they have a choice, you know, they can say like, no, yeah. but you know, like no one's really going to say no. If you say like, Hey man, can I ask you a few questions? 
Yeah. Like, you have to be a real that, prick to say no during spring uh, training. <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing. Everyone is, uh, like, all the guys are really nice. I didn't meet, like, any guy that didn't – or that was mean or anything. Yeah, yeah. But the meanest guy was probably the manager. His name's uh, Ned Yost. And he <laughs> he was just an intimidating guy to ask a question to because <laughs> if you didn't know what you were talking about, he was going to – N- make you feel stupid for sure so kind of like check. <laughs> exactly he was like he was real snarky and everything yeah so he was kind of a guy that i was just trying to uh i would try to avoid asking him a question but of course i had to every once in a while did you but it was go ahead i was just gonna say uh but like that was one thing i covered spring training and got to write a bunch of stories uh a cool kind of stories like I wrote a story on this submarine style pitcher. I don't know how familiar uh, familiar you are with baseball. Yeah, but, yeah, so, yeah, like yeah. underarm almost. Yeah, it's like the most awkward looking thing ever, but it's also the coolest yeah, thing ever when sure. you see a major league guy doing it, uh, just up close, and he's throwing it. You know, like they don't throw too fast, but like seventy eight miles an hour, and that, like, also when you see when you see on TV, you know the little the little marker that says like 98 miles an hour or whatever yeah. for the guy's fastball. That is so fast. That's so incredibly fast. Yeah, like so... I have, I had so much newfound respect. Like I said, I didn't play baseball growing up. So like, I never really knew like what all went into it and everything. And I had such a newfound respect for like baseball players in general and the sport of baseball, just because like the way those guys worked and, the cool things like that they were doing just within their own sport, like was super incredible. And so I got to write a story like that and just other kind of cool stories. But was uh, there anything like that you saw in the locker room that was kind of eye opening to you? Just like, you know, I, I mean, just, I don't know, something to show that these guys really are just normal people or like, was there anything that was out of the ordinary that they were doing or anything like that? Yeah, uh, so I got to cover, uh, so because, like, I did well with the Royals and everything, my teacher asked me, she was the editor at the Cronkite Sports Bureau, she asked me to cover the Shohei Otani debut, which, uh, if you know who that is, he's the Japanese phenom, he was, uh, they compared him to Babe Ruth and everything before he came over, because he's a pitcher and he hits bombs, and uh, so I got to cover that uh game and yeah you can see they're just normal guys they were they were all sitting in the locker room with Shohei like teaching him how to play dominoes like they <laughs> they were just like it was it was so funny to see that like that's what they were doing yeah and they're all just like yeah hanging out like uh playing cards like uh it was during March Madness so they were all filling out brackets and everything yeah but they were like putting putting big money on the table of course but like it was just uh, things like that and you see that they're definitely they're normal people they're just very good at their job (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah I I was about to say like I feel like if I were in like a locker room of some sort like that I would just be I mean because I've already like you know I read a lot about sports and you know I listen to other like podcasts about sports and obviously like you just said a lot of these guys are just you know normal ordinary guys but uh you know i i still i even if i went to the locker room knowing that i still feel like i'd be like awestruck 
seeing these guys like you know teaching somebody how to play dominoes or some type of card games or um, uh, just doing like normal things that we all do. But uh, for some reason, you just feel like being a pro athlete, you don't you wouldn't see them doing those things. But yeah, well, that, there's other thing like I was, uh, you know, like being a fan of I was so young, like I was a college student and I was getting to cover all these like big events like. I spent my senior year, like you said, uh, I covered NASCAR. I spent my senior year of spring, uh, my senior year spring break covering the NASCAR races that were happening in Phoenix. <laughs> that, that was how I spent my senior year. Are there even and, rednecks out in Phoenix? <laughs> oh, I mean, you can find them. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I got to do that. And just uh, being like 20 at the time and walking around the, the just the pit crews and everything and here comes jimmy johnson walking out of his uh you know big luxury bus thing that they all have (laughs) and he comes walking out and he walks like just right by me and i was like i'm not a nascar fan or anything but i know like what he means to the sport yeah and and i remember like growing up he was like he won like six six or seven championships in a row so it was just like uh we just like head nodded at each other but i like you said awestruck i i don't even like nascar that much (laughs) but but i was like just i couldn't open my mouth to say anything yeah yeah like i it would have been a perfect opportunity to ask him a question but i couldn't i literally i was just like awestruck in the moment and it, it happens where like uh i had just to work out like the kinks you know of interviewing and like these are professional athletes and stuff so going into the locker room you know asking them a question you got to make sure like it's worded right and you don't like like you know what you you're what you're talking about and everything yeah did you ever like i mean at the beginning when you were doing this did you have a lot of um i don't know you know mess ups or anything you know i mean like were you i mean i i would be almost shitting bricks, you know, shaking, trying to ask this guy a simple question, like, how do you feel about tonight? But, you know, somehow it'd probably come out of my mouth, like, uh, how, how, uh, uh, how, how come, uh, how do you, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely know what you mean. Um, no, I mean, like I said, yeah, at the beginning, like, I was nervous for sure, but you just like, just try to rehearse it as much as possible in your head beforehand. And just like, just hope it goes well when you ask the question, really. Yeah. yeah. And, but one of the things that that really helped me was uh, just I had this when I was covering the Royals. One of the the guys that helped us out at Cronkite was Josh Weinfuss. He's the ESPN reporter for the Cardinals. So he would like come and he came to the Royals spring training one of the first days just to see if we were like doing what we were supposed to be doing and like all that stuff. And I just got to talking to him and I remember uh, it was like a month or two later we were at uh, a Cardinals press conference and, you know, it's like, like an exclusive group of reporters that are in there most of the time. Like, I mean, like there are some Cronkite reporters that are in there, uh, but not always. And I was, I was just kind of sitting there and, in the chair like I got there early I was kind of there earlier before everyone else and he came up and he recognized me from before and he just kind of said like 
just said, welcome. Like, I'm glad that you're here. And it just kind of like, I don't know, made me feel so like, like welcomed really. So yeah. I just, I gave me, like I said, just another burst of confidence. And I asked David Johnson, who he's not, he hasn't done very well the past few seasons. He's on the Texans now, but uh, at the time he was like an all pro running back. And I asked him a question and it was just like, I asked him it like fluently and well. And oh, I bet you felt since... on top of the world. <laughs> oh, I did. And that's <laughs> the thing. That was my dream come true, dude. I, like I said, I was obsessed with football from the age of five, maybe f- before that. So like being in an NFL team's like press conference room and asking an NFL player a question and he answers you. Yeah. Like it was just like I wanted to just run out like shouting like, <laughs> I, like I did it. Like, yeah, this is like this is it. Like, uh, but it was so fun and it just made me want to do it again and again. Really. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of like switching, switching feet here. Uh, so I, it, earlier in the intro, I, I honestly now looking back at it, I think it was kind of a crappy intro. I feel like you deserved a better intro, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you've done broadcasting. You've actually sent me some videos that you've recorded yourself or uh, that the ver- very first one that I could see you in the end zone on the sideline uh, with a nice big camera uh, recording a game. How, how did you get into broadcasting on ESPN and the Pac-12? And that's that's another long story. But I'll start from the top. We, I got an internship, and it was an AZ Preps three sixty five, which was every Friday night during the football season. I would go to like the game of the week mm-hmm. throughout like the Metro Phoenix area for high school. And, yeah. Okay. And and I would uh, like I would ride the bus to these places because I didn't have a car in college. Grinding so it I, out. <laughs> absolutely, dude. I, I remember one time I rode the bus and I, the closest it would take me was like two miles away from the school. So I had to just just walk the rest of the way. No way. And, yeah. And it was like there was Lyft and Uber. But I mean, honestly, I was broke college kid and I didn't have any money. So I was just like I had a, a bus pass like through my job so i just like use that so it would get me through or like to anywhere around phoenix basically and uh but anyways i was covering the high school game of the week and we would do other sports too like basketball and stuff but um football was the big one and i was just the cameraman for it so it was just like an online stream thing yeah and and i remember really the only real good thing that came out of it was I got a polo, like a polo shirt. <laughs> like, so, and, uh, because like they always paid me late and I was like, I remember a bunch of us had problems with it. Cause they're like, we are broke college kids and you're paying us like a month after the fact. Yeah. And, it's kind uh, of shitty. <laughs> you're right. Oh no, it definitely was. And then, uh, but I was just doing it for the experience really. Yeah. And yeah, definitely. From, from that, I, uh, there's a guy, his name's Michael Wong. He's the, just, he helps with all the internships at ASU and everything. And I became uh, pretty good, like, uh, just communicating with him. And he, he sent out this list of, like, you could work a Pac-12 network game Ooh. and as, like, a runner or a production assistant. So I was like, all right, I'm going to sign up for that. Like, yeah. I don't even know what a, a runner is, but I'm going <laughs> to do that. And, uh, 
Is it Ryder like a person that runs the cable behind the camera guy? <laughs> no, that that's a utility. Oh. Uh, but the a runner is really just you go get everything for everyone. Like oh, okay. okay. Like <laughs> you go get lunch. <laughs> you go get like drinks if people need it. You just like anything anyone needs or asks yeah. you for, you go and get it. Okay. Well, it was like uh, I remember it was the first game of the season, so it, the Pac-12 Network truck was there for about uh three days i think Mm -hmm. so the first day i was there uh it was me and one other kid and i was wearing the az press 365 polo just because i was trying to like look nice i guess and look like i knew what i was doing yeah and and, uh he this guy bjorn he came up to me and he was just the like the manager of the the camera guys and uh the tech guy and all that and he came up to me, he saw my shirt, and he said, uh, have you ever worked a camera before? And I said, yeah, I do. Uh, I pointed at the logo on my shirt. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I do the game of the week for AZ Prep 365. <laughs> and he, he was like, do you want to work this camera tomorrow? And I was just like, yes. <laughs> like... I, was just, I was like, I don't know what you're even talking about right now but i'm gonna do it yeah and, and uh he just kind of walked me through it and what i was doing it was a rf cam which is i just covered i just went from the student section and the cheerleaders basically that's what my whole job was covering and like the stuff that co- you see when they come back from commercials yeah 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 and since i had had watched football so much i knew like what those shots looked like and what they were trying to see like look for and everything so i was about to ask is there is there like a strategy to that (laughs) yeah definitely i mean you just you have to look for people in the crowd like people going crazy you don't want like people with a straight face look like they're not having a good yeah yeah somebody's just like yeah and the cheerleaders are always gonna like that's their job basically they just get excited for the camera yeah so the they are never a problem or anything but like the with the student section what i did it was my first time doing it and i didn't know like i was just like risking it all basically i walked up into the student section because it's behind the uh one of the goalposts mm-hmm. and I walked up behind it and I was in the crowd and I was just like walking down the stairs real slow, like, uh, and getting like everyone's faces and everyone was going crazy. And the producer came over my headset and it was my first time doing it. So they didn't, I didn't have a mic. I just had the headset. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't talk back to them. I just, uh, they told me like beforehand, just, nod the camera up for yes and like literally just make it look like you're (laughs) nodding yes or no and uh so he asked me like just while i was doing it and he said uh he was just like loving it he was like sean you're doing great uh and and then there was kind of a pause and then he was like uh hey sean what are you doing next weekend and i I just shook the camera, like, no. Like, <laughs> you don't like, know? Like, nothing. And he he said, good, because you're coming back next weekend to work for us. And that was basically, like, the jump start of it. Yeah. The next, the next week, I worked a field cam for the game. Uh, and there was, like, 
it was the game against San Diego State. They had this really good running back, Rashad Penny, and he uh, he returned a kick for a touchdown. And I remember I got the shot, like, you know how after they score and you see uh, just the back of the guy's jersey sitting on the bench yeah. and stuff. Like, that was the shot, like, that I was getting and stuff, just, like, the sideline field camps. And then I just got to work, like, a few other games, like, few other uh, football games. And uh, I remember this past season, like, like we said, I'm a big Patriots fan. And uh, Nikhil Harry, he's the big wide receiver for Arizona State. And he uh, – that one video that I showed you uh, when he makes that catch in the end zone, yeah. that was one of the highlights they showed in his little montage after the Patriots drafted <laughs> so him. So you were so stoked. It was, so it was like the ultimate thing for me. The Patriots drafted an ASU guy. The highlight that went through my camera lens was on ESPN, yeah. like, for the draft. And it was just like, yeah, just the coolest, like, thing to just see. I mean, no, like, no no one knows it was me or anything. Yeah, I mean, like, to, the was... ordinary, to the ordinary eye, it doesn't, you know, it's not a big deal. But for, like, for you or the other people that know, you're like, I shot this. Or, you know, you were you were in the lens, that, you know, at this point, you know, something like that. But to the ordinary eye, it's just, it, you know, it doesn't mean anything. But, uh, you know, to others, it definitely means something. <laughs> yeah, no, and that that's the thing. It was the coolest experience ever, and it was, like, another – just dream come true really just being that close to the the game like well after watching it for years and years and years and being one of the camera guys on the field like and also there's the point like watching football games for years and never really thinking about the camera guy you know yeah. like the guy who's shooting the game and now that's really all I think about when yeah. I watch those games <laughs> it, it was like dang that guy like killed it right there like like yeah and i'm talking about the camera guy so it's just <laughs> so it's just, is it hard to follow the ball in the air like you know to follow the player not really that was another thing uh that highlight that i sent you it's just uh knowing the game helps so much yeah yeah i, I was zoomed in on the quarterback and i knew asu football and i knew they're going to throw it to him in the corner right here. I remember turning to one of the utility guys, the guys that hold the wires behind the camera guy. Mm-hmm. And he's, his name's Keone. He was uh, younger than me. And he was, I remember looking over at him and saying, uh, they're going to throw it right here. And like, that's exactly wow. what they did. It was just like, so I was zoomed in on the QB and just like slowly zoomed out. I was trying to hit the like, NFL films like tight shot yeah 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 (laughs) and like I just slowly zoomed out and at the very end you know like it's just him catching the ball like right in front of me and it was the coolest thing I've ever done I think honestly like that's incredible yeah probably the happiest like I've ever been like I wanted to just jump up and down like on the sideline it sounds like you were like Tony Romo just like calling out plays (laughs) (laughs) I wish and that's the thing too, dude. I mean, like I, I felt like I could have done it for so much longer, but that that business is like cutthroat and everyone, I was the youngest guy. I was the youngest cameraman by far and no one tried to help me. Literally, n- there was no one that I could call my mentor See, at that's... Like the, the Pac-12 network or anything because they just looked at it as like, 
they're all like freelancers basically so it was just uh, like i was taking their job yeah and that like that's not how i was thinking of it but like also i got hired <laughs> like they asked me to do it like i'm sorry like i was yeah, good at it yeah like i i didn't so i never really liked See, that's that. what i, I, I it I, just kind of wore on me after a while. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate that that's the way, honestly, a lot of, like, people think, whether they're, you know, I'm going to say predominantly males think that way. But, you know, I, I listened to a, uh, I don't know if you listen to Joe Rogan podcast, but he had Kevin Hart on recently. And that was something Kevin Hart said. It's like these people that are successful at what they do never share these like secrets or details or like insights on how they do it. And even if it's something as small as like, I don't know, I guess for broadcasting like, you know, no, and well, knowing the game, like you said, is like, I think that's actually a big factor, but I don't know, something very minuscule. Like he was like, a lot of people don't like to share any tips or, you know, insights or anything. So it just leaves everybody in the dark in which I absolutely hate that. Cause I, I think, you know what I mean? Like it's, there's a, a big like push and pull effect. Like if you push somebody up, they're going to tend to, you know I mean? Pull you up or pull somebody else up. You know, it's kind of like a pulley system. Like it's just going to continuously push and pull. And I hate the fact that like, like you said, you were the youngest one out there and no one was helping you whatsoever, but obviously you figured out what you were doing pretty quickly because they wanted you back the next weekend. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's definitely true. It's, it was just upsetting after a while because I didn't like I didn't do anything or say anything yeah. to, to these people other than them like hiring me, like putting me on the call sheet to come work that game. So it was just like I had nothing to do with the decision. Yeah. But did you ask for was, help from like any other, you know, like other network broadcasts or like, uh, yeah, broadcasters or anything or I mean, uh Honestly, the most helpful guys to me were the utility guys. Oh. Like that guy, Keone. There's this guy, Jason uh, Cope. And then they were just, they were just really helpful to me. And they were actually, they were, they were cool guys. Like they didn't take shit too seriously. I yeah. mean, they took their job seriously, but like they, they weren't going to like leave you in the dark. Exactly. And yeah. that's what all these other people were doing, all these other camera guys. Like, it was to the point no one would even talk to me. Like, no one would look at me. It was like, I was like the ugly girl in the room. I was like, <laughs> I was like what's the yeah. problem? Like, yeah. I don't, like, I, I was just trying to do the job just like everyone else was. Literally. And it was just everyone, yeah, no one was And you know what's funny? Helpful. I guarantee you somebody else was in the dark. Either at some point during the game that you were there, you know what I mean? Like, they definitely needed help doing something. And I bet you if they were to have asked you, you would have, you know, whatever help you could have given, you would have given it with no questions asked. You know what I mean? But it was the other people kind of gave you like a stank eye or something. It's just, it's, I don't know. It's, I guess it is a cutthroat uh, industry. I mean, I don't know anything about it, but it would be something that would be uh, really cool to kind of like look into just because. It's something that is uh, very overlooked. Yeah, and yeah, it was just, it was a, re- it, it was very cool experiences and everything, and like I, I loved it all. And honestly, I would go back to it if like, uh, if they asked me to, if like stuff didn't work out with sports writing or anything, yeah, like that. Uh, like it was a very fun experience, and I learned so much. But at the same time, like it, I, I was having, I was doing the thing I 
like thought about doing for like a bunch of my life and wasn't really enjoying it at the end of the day because everyone else was being just everyone else was just angry or felt like made me feel like unwanted there basically you know so let me ask you this if you had to choose between like the broadcasting side or the reporting side writing side which would you prefer definitely the reporting writing side uh that's actually the decision I did make. So, <laughs> that's, oh, true, that's, true, true. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely that's definitely the one I, that I would uh, choose. Um, I just I love telling people's story, and it's just so fun, like getting to talk to all these different athletes and everything. And uh, because with uh, like broadcast journalism, I have a bunch of friends who are like sports broadcast guys. So like like you know ABC like news and they're the guys on at 10 p.m you know Mm -hmm. like going through the sports uh and i have friends that are like that and uh like i think their job's awesome too and but i feel like with writing i'm able to tell so much more of a story because their their stuff's sometimes cut down into like you got to get it all done in 45 seconds yeah like so they have like just one story to tell meanwhile i can write as many words as I want and put it on my sports page. So it's yeah. just, I, I've always just really liked the storytelling side of sports. So that was just the way I leaned. So what do you think has been, what, what, what has been, I, I've read a couple of your pieces and actually uh, today I read one of that, that golfer, uh, the, the junior golfer, uh, Tracy Rodriguez. Oh, Trace Rodriguez. Trace. Yeah. Oh, it's Trace. Oh, I thought it was Tracy. Uh, that kid's incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's actually like the next Tiger Woods. <laughs> it seems like. He, yeah, he. Uh, there was a tournament last weekend where, from they play like the age groups are like six to eighteen years old or whatever, and he's in the eight to, uh, I think the seven to eight year old group, and he's eight, and he scored the lowest score out of anyone Jesus. the whole day out of all the 18 year olds, everything. And it's just like, talk, I got to talk to his parents and like, and him even. And he just, <laughs> he loves golf. Yeah. He just, <laughs> he, he's just so about it. And I feel like he's well on his way to becoming a professional yeah. golfer. That's for sure. So, well, I don't, I mean, I guess this could be included. Uh, what, what has been your like favorite piece that you've written or like, what do you think is the most interesting um, think you know, um, why am I drawing a blank right now? Was like your most interesting, um, like article you've published? Um, probably I would have to choose the uh, Nor Catham uh, article. He was the wrestler, another wrestler at ASU. He was uh, Ryan's teammate, mm-hmm. he was a Syrian refugee. And uh, I just got to tell his entire story. And and that one was super interesting and just taught me so much about stuff that I had no idea about. Yeah. And um, he was just – he was another guy where I sat down. And he actually uh, – because at that point, uh, I was recording uh, stuff on my phone. <laughs> and I had put it down, like, just to start the recording. And I asked him the first question, and he actually picked up 
my phone and just started speaking into it, Mike, and just went on for basically he just told his story. Like I didn't even have to ask him any questions. Wow. Like he told me his entire story. And then I asked questions at the end, basically. And (laughs) he just talked to me for almost an hour, maybe over an hour. And uh, just getting to tell his story was super incredible. And uh, that was probably the most interesting one that I've ever done. So what do you think's like the what do you think's been the most challenging part of reporting on sports? Um That's a good one. Probably just getting and making those connections, making getting your sources and everything. Yeah. Like after I moved here uh out to West Texas, you know, like at this point like I can call or text any one of the coaches and they'll get back to me right away. But at, at the beginning, uh, the paper I work at their their sports section didn't have like the greatest reputation, I guess when I, I didn't know that, but when I showed up, like, uh, the local high school coach, like didn't really like talking to the big spring Herald, which is where I work. And he, uh, but I just ended up, uh, just talking to them more and more and telling them like, Hey man, like I know like you might've not had like the best experience with the sports reporters in the past, but like, mm-hmm. I promise you, I know what I'm doing and like, I'm going to like do my best to cover your team. Like, uh, like as thoroughly as I can and everything. It changes and, view. Yeah. And that just ended up working. And like over time, just, I gained more and more sources and it's just the power of like my email address. Really. I can, I can just send out emails to these college coaches and get a response within the day and uh, have a phone conversation with them. And uh, just that's probably just the most uh, challenging part, though, is just building those sources. Yeah, I definitely think I'm like experiencing that a little bit right now, just like trying to reach out to people and, you know, because a lot of people want to be on like podcasts and I, I definitely have people lined up uh, that I, you know, want to have on. Cause I think, you know, the beginning of this is pretty crucial because, you know, down the road, if someone were to, you know, listen to an episode, what, you know, 55 or 67 or what 100 or something and be like, well, you know, I want to, I want to see what was going on at, you know, the first 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want to build a solid foundation and so it's it's kind of hard because you know every like I said everyone wants to be on a podcast but it's like uh, there's certain people I feel like would be great uh, interviewees to have on here but it sucks just not having that reputation behind your name like I have to do a lot of explaining behind what I'm doing mm-hmm. and then I don't really get the best res- or you know I don't I don't get the best responses or sometimes I don't even get any responses so um, you know it's definitely challenging at times but. I could definitely see how, like, you know, the email or, like, the name uh, definitely holds weight in this in, in this field for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it even got me, like, uh, the big spring quarterback a while ago was Ryan Tannehill. That was, yeah. That's their big player that came out of that high school. So it even got me, like, building that uh, – just that – uh, relationship with the coach at Big Spring uh, and the athletic director at Big Spring helped me uh, get in contact with 
uh, Ryan Tannehill's parents because they still live in town. Uh-huh. So I so I got to interview them for an uh, for an article that was just like a different perspective, you know, from like their perspective. And it was during their the Titans' little uh, playoff run when they made it to the AFC Championship game. Yeah. So just like yeah, like building those connections and everything. Like after. It's tough at the beginning, but after you get it and build that foundation, you'll definitely it'll start to get easier and easier. Yeah, yeah, and I think you've uh, said it a few times, like the confidence. I think you know confidence is a big factor in this uh, field as well. Just you know being able to say what you mean and just like you know kind of have the purpose and weight behind what you're saying, and you know to get your point across. you know, confidence definitely helps with that. So <laughs> I, I do, I, I got to wrap up here, but I, I have actually a couple more questions. So uh, okay. how long have you lived in Texas right now? Uh, about seven months now. Seven months. Okay. Um, and what, two or three of it's been during Corona? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, so have you, have you over three months, a little over three months now. So have you, you haven't really seen any high school football yet? No, I, uh, <sighs> that I showed up in the end of last season. So I got to catch the last two weeks. Um, but that was it. And no, I haven't gotten to experience <sighs> any Texas football. And it's crazy. I live actually right down the street, probably 10 minutes away from Permian High School, which is the school from the movie Friday Night Lights. Yeah, so Panthers Pride. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like, like I know just the reputation of football around here, and they have like Midland Lee, and they're just powerhouse teams, and like I, well, just that, haven't, that, I haven't, I haven't even been able to check them out yet. Because I, I was going to ask you, what, what, you know, there's obviously been a lot of debate over uh, states regarding football and you know who holds you know who's the powerhouse for football and I was going to ask you who's because you grew up in Georgia and now you're living in Texas what what who do you think is uh superior but or more dominant but uh I don't I don't know if you can uh you know give your opinion just yet I wouldn't say I could definitively say but I'm gonna go with Georgia just for the sake of I got to see that. I got to play those guys yeah. growing up. So, and I be a little like biased. The, yeah, I feel like it definitely is. But the talent that comes out of Georgia is just as good, if not better, than the talent that comes out of Texas. So, but honestly, I think they're pretty equal. I think they're both the top two. And yeah. With California just a little behind. But I think they're definitely the top two uh, when it comes to high school football. Yeah, I, I have a feeling it's like, you know, the top four is probably Georgia, Texas, California, and Florida are probably like the top four. I don't know who would be the fifth. Maybe Pennsylvania is a big one. I literally was about to say Pennsylvania was a big one that I've heard in, in the run. But um, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe down the line when – well, if if sports come back. <laughs> no, uh, they're maybe, coming back. Maybe you – <laughs> I mean, I'm optimistic about it. I would, I would love for it to. Maybe down the line, you'll have a, a different report. Maybe, I would actually be interested to see if you change your mind on that answer. I'm honestly interested to see if I'm going to change my mind because <laughs> after uh, just watching like high school football, you know, Grayson High School and stuff. Like when Grayson High School was guys that were actually from Grayson, 
and yeah. <laughs> just those guys that uh, grew up through the program and like Robert Kimdichie, Wayne Gallman, you know, these yep, guys yep. and they're in the NFL now, but they look, they looked like NFL players their senior year of high school. Right. <laughs> like, and then after watching Arizona football for the past four or five years or so, honestly, just the difference between uh, Georgia and Arizona was so drastic that it made me just think of Georgia football as so much higher. Oh, because, really? wow. Yeah, because, yeah, Arizona football is – it's all right, but it's more like there's one good guy oh. on the team, and then everyone else is just kind of like – he looks so much better than everyone else. It sounds like, like hockey in the South. <laughs> basically, exactly. That's a very good comparison, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's hilarious. Word, well, honestly, I, I I appreciate you giving me so much of your time. I I can't believe we've been talking for this long, but it's been so easy to talk <laughs> to you. And this this is what I love. I love being able to like talk to somebody where there's not, uh, you know, I'm not having to focus on filling in, you know, f- this free space. But, um, you know, in in closing, what to you know the listeners that tune in, what are some tips for them? That are, you know, if someone were to be trying to get into sports writing, you know, sports reporting or maybe maybe broadcasting, but more towards sports reporting. What Like what are some tips or, you know, insights for them? You just definitely have to not give up, not uh, you just have to be consistent and try to keep working at it, honestly, because I didn't I graduated from ASU and. December of 2018 and I didn't get this job sports reporting at a paper like I wanted to until October so I was out of the career I wanted to be doing yeah I was still doing some of the broadcast things but I had made up my mind at that point that I wanted to be a sports writer so just I went 10 months without getting a job and I know a lot of people lose hope after like a few months or that amount of time. Yeah. But that's, you just have to be consistent. And if like you believe in yourself and you believe in your work, then you should be fine. And I feel like uh, just keep applying places. Internships are awesome because internships are really what help in, uh, especially in the broadcast section, uh, just anything that you can do, just, like I said, being a runner, being an assistant, people think that that's not like not doing anything. That's not what you want to be doing. But that's how you get to do the jobs that you want to be doing. Yeah, is you got to grind just, it out. Yeah, you have to start at the bottom. You got to start somewhere, and that's literally just been my motto for the past few years. Is I got to start somewhere because my whole uh, every teacher that I had at Cronkite, which Cronkite is one of the best journalism schools in the country. I believe it's the best, uh, the number one. I think we're ranked in the top three. But oh, wow. uh, we, every teacher I had there always told me that you're going to have to move to a small town. Like, that's where you have to get started. Like, if you don't like that, this job isn't for you. Like, things like that. Like, you're going to be moving around, bouncing around, like, uh, just trying to build, like, climb up the ladder yeah so yeah kind of like that's build up just your kinda, archive. yeah exactly so that's just what i've been like telling myself for the past few years because 
this is what I've wanted to do for a long time. And I just, now that I'm actually doing it, like it's so rewarding and I'm so happy. Like I don't wake up in the morning dreading to go to work. I don't have any problem with it at all. I don't feel like I'm going to work. I like writing stories and articles. Like that's the thing you have to love writing if you want to get into it because I writing isn't anything to me. I don't like, not like that, but like, it's not a job. It's not, yeah, it's not a task. Uh, it, yeah, it's not a task. It doesn't make me like dread doing it. I just, I get to tell a sports story. I get to at, like ask, uh, you know, from the high school level to, you know, junior college level now, but before like high school to pro levels, like I get to ask these athletes questions. Like that's so fun. Like that's not a job. Like that's just, for someone that's loved sports his whole life, it's just it sounds like pure joy. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's like I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. Yeah. And I'm very happy to be yeah, doing that. That's awesome. It, yeah, it just sounds like you got to keep that confidence going, and you know, and I don't even think like getting your toes wet it's really like a good metaphor. I feel like you just got to like dive in and go for it. I mean, obviously, do your homework, and I mean, even like you said, you recite your lines over and over before asking them a certain athlete a question but um you know just having the confidence behind it and then once you finally get that first taste of blood pretty much you know what i mean it's i think it's all downhill from that if it sounds like i mean i'm not saying there's not gonna be any challenges but it sounds like once you finally get it the ball rolling it's it's a lot easier and which i i completely agree with exactly so yeah just like i just like i said with ryan's story once i got that one published it was like an avalanche it was just i kept getting stories published because i had that confidence that i could reach out to these editors now and at these random sports uh publications and just say like hey i have a story like if you want it yeah like just that kind of thing and it's not and that's the thing you just can't be afraid to send an email really yeah exactly well, I really appreciate you giving me so much of your time. We've gone a little over an hour here, and this is honestly incredible. I feel like we can go forever, but uh, <laughs> me I, too. I, I I say this a lot to some people, but I definitely have to get you back on. So if there's ever anything like, you know, super interesting, I'm I'm definitely gonna reach out to you. Or if you find something super interesting, definitely reach out to me, and I'll I'll have to get you back on because you make my job easier than warm buttered you know slicing <laughs> but well thank you yeah this has been great yeah thank you very much i'll talk to you soon